What do you do with your Dolphins running backs this weekend? Is one NFC West wide receiver worth the wait for week 13? And is a stud AFC North wideout a guy a must sit for Sunday? Plus, Dr. Gil Brevar, a winner of multiple FFPC leagues, joins us to talk about what went right and what went wrong this season, which AFC West receiver is a player you simply can't cut right now and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Can't stand the pressure. I've seen Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you, Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. I do apologize for our slightly uh, late start today, having some technical difficulties getting the show up and running, but those are behind us. We are good to go for the next 60 minutes. Buckle up. It's going to be a fun one as we get you set. For the FFPC and the Fantasy Pros main event, everything else, playoffs going on this weekend with the FFPC. Coming up on tonight's show, Farrell and I are going to corroborate our thoughts on the Texans' wideouts, a sleeper pass catcher in the NFC West for Week 13, and then Dr. Gil Bravar hops aboard to discuss his take on some tough starts and sits this weekend and much more. If you want to connect with us on uh, X, you can do so at HSFF Hour, at Eric Balkman. And, of course, you can learn more about Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. You can post on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash HSFF Hour 2. You can also email us. Uh, you can email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them in. I will try to get to all the chat room questions, all the uh, tweets and emails coming up later on in the fantasy feedback portion uh, segment of the show. Thanks to our audio engineer, my best friend Bryce, and our producer and mutual friend Rob. Remember, if you are already eliminated from your FFPC main event, not already, I mean, <laughs> we're into week 13. You, you played the majority of the season. Uh, if you are eliminated from your FFPC main event or fantasy pros championship playoff contention, uh, there is still plenty of action going on with the FFPC, including the weekly challenge. Just go to myffpc.com right now to play the FFPC weekly challenge. There is no draft. There is no salary cap. Just choose 10 players or 12 players if you want to play with kickers and defenses. Get them in by 1 p.m. on Sunday and then just watch the points pile up throughout the weekend. Remember, only one player per NFL team. You can enter for as little as $35. You can win up to $2,500. Remember to uh, uh, register for that at myffpc.com, myffpc.com. Remember, if you are watching this on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel at youtube.com slash ffpcfantasy. Comment on this video, share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, and get notified by clicking on the bell uh, on the page right now or on your screen if you're watching it on your phone or iPad, whatever you're doing. And that way you will be notified every time we go live here on the FFPC YouTube channel. It is time to bring in my co-host with the most. You follow him on the X at KFFSC official. Check out the KFFSC.com, our Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. It is Farrell Elliott. Farrell, happy Friday to you and happy December to you, man, as we are in the, the, the coldest, well, I shouldn't say the coldest month of the year, but we're into the throes of winter here. Buddy, you know, and in Kentucky, it's a little chilly itself. That's why our... Uh... Local team is playing in the ACC championship in Charlotte, North Carolina, against your Florida State Seminoles. And you know, Balky, when you're when you're aligned with the team, I will fear the spear. But you know, <laughs> hey, we've got a lot of great fantasy football in front of us. Uh, the you know, in Kentucky, this is uh, Week 13 Championship Week. We'll be awarding 56 uh, division champions, and then be. Uh, 
following up with handing out 56 wild cards to the tournament. It's a very exciting time, and I'd like the listeners to know that despite occasionally taking advice from me, you have teams, at least two teams, playing for championships in Kentucky. So congratulations. I, I Shout out to Jim Cole for one of them. Uh, he has helped me. Uh, that's what I think the team started this week in third place overall in the main event. So we're very excited about that team. I'm very excited about this other team that's moved on. Fetch, our mutual friend Fetch, mm. uh, nipped me in the bud on Monday mm-hmm. Night Football. Um, for, for Otherwise, I'd be going for three championships this weekend. So shout out to Fetch. Uh, Rob Fetcher, certainly a very talented player. Um, he, he caught me a little bit, but that happens in fantasy. You know, you're not going to make them all. I'm just excited to be where I'm at. Uh, whereas I know you are excited to be where you're at in the FFPC as well. Farrell, let's do this uh, tonight. Uh, instead of kicking things off uh, with some of the talking points that I had scheduled for the show, let's go into the YouTube chat right well, now. Well, that's always a fun place to go. There, there's plenty of people wondering what they're supposed to be doing this weekend. And we'll kick it off with our resident Ivy League professor, uh, Jalen Hurts or Tua Tungavailoa this week. Wow, what what a what a, a horrible problem and a beautiful problem to have for not only this week but the majority of the season. Uh, Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungavailoa. You're looking at this week, Jalen Hurts taking on the San Francisco 49ers at home. Not the easiest matchup in the world. And then Tua Tungavailoa goes on the road to our nation's capital. He's taking on the Commanders, who got lit up by the Cowboys this past week. Um, for me, I, it's it's difficult uh, for me to sit Jalen Hurts for anyone, even Tua Tungavailoa, who I did did pick on my local fantasy football show uh, as one of my favorite quarterbacks, if not my favorite quarterback of the week. I'm still rolling with Hurts here, my friend. You know, I would be tempted to roll with Tua against a good Jets team. He lit them up. I, you know, but Hudson's just showing out. He wants us to know that he's got both quarterbacks, and that's all there is to that question. He knows who he's going to play, but we would, you know what? I would change it every ten minutes between now and Sunday. That's what I would do. <laughs> uh, yeah, the receivers, you know, Hill is the number one fantasy receiver. AJ Brown is the number three or four fantasy receiver. Uh, there, there's just so many tools on both those teams. What? What difference does it make? Put on a blindfold, Hudson, and, and mark your lineup. So Farrell says put on a blindfold. I say play Jalen Hurts, but I'm telling you right now, Kern, if you have a feeling in your in your gut that Tonga Bailoa is the correct play, I don't think it's it's a bad decision to go with them because I like I love both of these players uh this week for sure. Uh John Terry, another uh friend of the show, former guest, guy who's won oodles and oodles of cash. And I sh- shouldn't say oodles because the amount of cash he's won is much more than oodles and oodles. Uh, he wants to know what our thoughts are on Brevin Jordan this week with Dalton Schultz out. Yeah, this came out probably late this afternoon. Uh, the Houston Texans have indeed ruled out Dalton Schultz mm. with a hamstring injury against the Broncos. He will not be playing. Now you would think that Brevin Jordan is going to be playing this week. We'll, we'll, we'll get into the Texans receivers if there's time. But, you know, Farrell, with, with so many pass catchers, you know, Noah Brown could be back this week. Obviously, Collins and Tank Dell have been fantastic this season. You still have Robert Woods, who's been uh, pretty trustworthy for C.J. Stroud this year when he looks to him. Um, Difficult for me to recommend Brevin Jordan as anything more than a desperation flex in a tight end premium league. I'm kind of staying away from Brevin Jordan this week. What are your thoughts on the Houston pass catchers this week against the Denver Broncos? John Terry has made a real question here because he recognizes the skill set of Brevin Jordan when when Schultz was acquired from Dallas. That it gave me a bit of a question. I, I'm a big Schultz fan, but I'm also a big Jordan fan, and and he is probably one of the most gifted backup tight ends in the league. Uh, I, I think that against this defense, who has shown themselves to be wickedly unprepared to conquer anyone's tight end passing game, that Jordan would do well. And and based on the fact that Denver. It has been on fire lately as a, as a analyst with a uh, terrestrial radio show in, in Wisconsin pointed out to me earlier today that I would I would say that they are going to uh, to have a game that was going to require some points to be scored. Both teams are six and five and on their way up. I think it's a great question, and there's a lot of tight ends I would play Brevin Jordan over, although Tyler Higby sure the hell isn't one of them, and I would like to personally apologize to everyone last week and I uh and and you know turnabout is fair play um 
I did bench Tyler Higby as I advised on the show, and it cost me a most points title in the FFPC. So you know, you uh, you stick with what you say and, and walk the line that you preach. And you know, I'm learning life as a four seed. How sweet it is! <laughs> uh, by the way, we should give a shout out too. And, and our buddy Scott Connor pointed this out on the X Machine um, earlier this week. Jay Reed. Uh, mm-hmm. former and, and current, quite frankly, FFPC and KFFSC champion, had a 2-10 and 10 team in the FFPC main event make his league playoffs. Shout out to Jay Reed. It's just a lesson out there. No matter what your record is, uh, you got to keep grinding, and he gets in as the four seed. Uh, he gets in on, on second most points with the re- remaining teams after the top three seeds have been figured out. 2-10 and 10 and going into the playoffs. What a world we live in, Farrell. Shout out to Jay Reed. What an accomplishment, man. Everybody, when you play Jay Reed, wakes up and, and plays the best lineup that they possibly can. So, so that, you know, you're, you're, you're Jay Reed brings out uh, the, the competition. So, you know, he scores oh. points with two and ten. Yeah. Two and ten, but he's, but he's piling up the points uh, for sure. Uh, James Hicks, our good buddy here from – This is James. Team Porkies, right? Team yeah. Porkies in the KFMSC. He is dumpster diving for a flex this week. Greg Dorch uh, or uh, Cedric Tillman from the Cleveland Browns. I got to be honest with you, and and I don't know if we'll get into it tonight, but Trey McBride, I did not see the practice report today. I've been busy. I know he didn't. I got in no practice on Wednesday, limited practice on Thursday. Seems like he's trending upward that he's going to play. Marquise Brown, I know, is questionable. Rondale Moore has kind of been a question mark all year, not from a health standpoint, but from a production standpoint. No matter who the quarterback is, and even Kyler Murray showed out on, on Greg Dorch, they are looking towards Dorch here. Cannot trust Tillman whatsoever with Joe no. Flacco this week. But quite frankly, I'm not trusting many Browns this week, especially Amari Cooper or Elijah Moore. Um, can't trust Cedric Tillman. It's a slam dunk. If you are in a dumpster dive for a flex, and these are your two choices, I like Greg Dorch a lot better than I like Cedric Tillman. And uh, you know what? Uh Greg should move out of the dumpster. He should not be in there. He's a good ball player. And ever since Tyler Murray's come back, this uh, Dorch has, has put up some significant weeks of points as, as your last flex. And it, plus, he returns the punts. There's always a chance he could break one. So there there's some things about Dorch's game that I really like. And he should be rostered. And, James, if you got to play him, you could do worse, sir. Yes, you could. You definitely could put Irv Smith out there. <laughs> Or Jonu Smith. Or, yeah. one of the, you know, no, Jonu had some games this year. And, you know, Irv is, is an emergency quarterback at Cincinnati, by the way. Mother of God. What what, what, what times are we living in right now, yeah. Farrell? That is well, Joe, we're, we're in the Joe Flacco times. Here. Yeah, we're in the Joe Flacco times again for like the third or fourth time. Uh, John Terry also chiming in. He's got a, a pick two out of the following guys here. A.J. Dillon, Puka Nakua, uh, Devin Singletary, or Pat Fryermuth will assume title. Damn, John. Time with the FFPC here. Um, Kansas City's defense is pretty tough, um, and, and I know they're not going to be easy to run on. Even without Aaron Jones this year, or excuse me, this week against the Chiefs, it's difficult for me to say, yeah, Dylan, put him in there. I love Puka Nakua. Um, I, 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 you know, all season long, Cooper Cup is battling through something right now. Um, so I do like Nakua. As far as Singletary goes, we saw his numbers take a significant step back when uh, Damian Pierce came back last week for the Texans. So I don't know if I want to play him. And Pratt Fryermuth is coming off his first career 100-plus yard game in, what is it, the first or second week with the new offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. So I love him from a tight end premium format. For me, I would be benching the two running backs here, Farrell, Dylan, and Singletary. I'm playing Nakua. I'm playing Fryermuth. What say you? I would say to John that we're working for Mr. Dave and Mr. Alex. And John, we, but John, if we were working for you, as an old scout used to do that for me, Farrell, I work for Mr. Brown, but if I did work for you, here's what I'd tell you. So, you know, um, yes, you've got it right. Well, the, the question looks confusing when you put all four names out there. You broke it down eloquently. We have to be thrilled with the way Friar Muth returned to the offense, which makes you realize that before Friar Muth is set to get healthy, how, how much he should have been hurting or how much he was probably hurting uh, when he played. And Puka, you've got such a great track record with that even in this matchup, you must play him because you, you can't live through another 20-point 
game, you know, I could tell you how it feels because of Higby, but you can't live through a 20 point game for Puka and have him on your bench. So the bulky and I are in agreement. And John knew the answer to that question before he asked it. Yeah, probably. He mm-hmm. may have. He may have, uh, for sure. I wonder where he went to law school. John Terry went to law school? Well, he He's knows the answers to the questions before he asks them. So they, you know, he must have learned that in law school. <laughs> he might have. You never ask what you've said that before. Don't ask a question that you already know the answer to. Uh, as uh, no, don't as ask the question if you that you if, don't know if you don't answer. know the what the answer is going to be. That's correct. See, this is why I can't be an. You're attorney. off your game because you don't have your cap tonight. It's I know like it's it's ridiculous. It's yeah, it looks ridiculous. great. It looks great. Man. Thank you so much. I will uh, want to bring in uh, tonight's guest right now, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This is a guy who has won multiple FFPC leagues at uh, numerous levels over the course of his high-stakes career. He's here tonight to talk about how his 2023 season has gone before he discusses his plots and his plans on how he's going to win that million-dollar grand prize in the FFPC main event this year. Please welcome onto the program the incomparable Dr. Gil Brevard. Gil, we appreciate you joining the show tonight. How was your Thanksgiving, man? Oh, I had a great Thanksgiving. I was out in Los Angeles, and I got back on um, Monday in time for the Monday night game and um, had a good holiday. Dr. Gill, what were you doing in L.A.? Do you have some celebrity clients? Um, um, no. <laughs> I was going to make something up. I was gonna Oh, you could. Go I ahead. Mean, I was going to say that I was doing a facelift on Jennifer Aniston, but that simply is not the case. Yeah. But it would have been totally believable, Gil. Yeah, I, know. Believable. I, I, I could have milked it for something. <laughs> we didn't need that. Uh, all right. So, so Gil, um, let's, let's talk about this. for, And we've kind of already alluded to it. When you are not playing uh, high-stakes fantasy football in the FFPC, tell us a little bit about what you're doing for a living. Okay, well, I'm an endocrinologist, um, so I'm a physician of um, basically that deals with hormones, and I've been doing that for many years. I finished my training actually in 1988, Mm. so I'm getting near retirement. Dr. Gill, don't quit. Don't quit. So you actually... Uh, your your office is there in the Bronx? Um, it was. I'm now in Manhattan at um, Mount Sinai um, um, University. And um, so I've been, as I said, I've been doing this for a long time. Most of my work is done um, caring for people with diabetes. And um, it's been very, it's been a very fulfilling career. No kidding. The, the public needs you, Doc. Don't retire. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's true. There'll totally be right many up. others to follow me. Um, and, and there might be. But as far as fantasy football goes, there will never be another Dr. Gilbert. No. Um, the, the, um, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> um, for the last five years, I've already spent the million dollars that I haven't won it yet. Ah, there you go, Doc. Chasing the million to try to make things right. Um, oh. How did you, uh, Doc, how did you get started in fantasy football? And then, can you tell us a little bit how you matriculated to the FFPC? Oh, oh yes. It's wonderful stories, actually. Um, I started fantasy football in the um, mid to late 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine in the gym where I was working out at um, said, um, would you like to join our league? And they had been in existence for a few years. And that league is actually still going on. I left them about five or six years ago. So I played with them for over 20 years and um, won many titles and lost a lot as well. But um, that was how I got started. And I was I had no idea what I was doing. I, I knew a lot about football and the players, but I didn't really understand the strategies involved in um, fantasy football. But I quickly got the hang of it. And um, as far as high stakes leagues, uh, well, I started subscribing to um, Fantasy Football Mastermind. That's how I got acquainted with my dad. And um, that's how we we became friends and we started planning to team up in different leagues. And we started with, um, oh, I think it was the, Oh, God, I can't remember the fantasy kahuna or something. It was years ago um, before there was an FFPC, but shortly after the um, Wyckoff 
had mm -hmm. started. And then we actually dabbled in forming our own high stakes league for a couple of seasons. And it, it was a lot of fun, but I got to tell you, it was it was insane amount of work because it was really just the two of us. And we had so many problems dealing with the tech support that well, speaking um, from experience, Dr. Gill, you retreated at the right moment. No, <laughs> I retreated at the wrong moment. Wave the white flag. No, and no, no, I retreated at the wrong moment. If we had stuck it out one more season, you guys might not exist at the FFPC. Ah, I that. might be up there and not be interviewing you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was so yeah, hard. Like the draft took like ten hours because people kept on getting booted out of the draft room, and uh, it was <laughs> so frustrating. We literally were just like from eight in the morning till two a.m. We were running these drafts, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Balky doesn't let that happen. It doesn't let that happen over here anymore, and that's that's frustrations from running a league, and we've all experienced them. What are you? What's some of you? You played all these years. What's some of your frustrations? Like, I'll give you a for instance. I'm getting calls this week. My best team lost uh, by 0. 0.30 points, and then you know, oh my God, I'm, I'm out of money. I've, I've got to play nine against. I, I miscalculated. I've got to play nine against ten. What, what's what's been some of your great stories? Oh, and what are some of your frustrations that you? Balky's talked about your great success. Sometimes the we get more humor out of uh, our failings. The the most remarkable, frustrating week Mike and I ever had was a week that we thought we had won, and then on Wednesday or Thursday, when Elias came out with their stat corrections there was like a fumble or something that changed it. And we ended up losing. We, we, it was already in the standings that we had won. And we were like, that, that was probably the most frustrating loss we ever had. You were a contender for two days, doc. Exactly. It was and um, so that would be one. I think the thing that my biggest weakness is that I'll be watching a player either in preseason or, or you know, watching from their college tape, and I'll fall in love with the player, mm -hmm. and I'll say, "This is somebody that I think is I, my gut instinct is telling me this guy's going to be a really good running back, and I'll draft him too soon, and, and it'll turn out to be just a guy." Mm -hmm. So, but you know, you get better every year at this, but you, you you're never perfect. You, you listen to all the preseason stuff, and they say, "Oh, this is going to be a big year for Damian Pierce," and. Um, you know, he turned out he couldn't even come close to matching what I thought was a very good rookie year last year and on a team that's actually better with a with a legitimate quarterback. And you would think, well, this would make it so easy for him to be a successful running back. And yet he's looked horrible. So, you know, you know, misjudging players, um, falling in love with a player. Um, the arguments that Mike and I always have is, I'm always looking for the new up and coming young player. And I might jump on the bandwagon one season too soon. And he's always hanging on. We're both getting better at this. And he's hanging on to that player for one more season mm -hmm. um, that I'm saying, you know, this is, I just don't see it. I think he's going to be in decline. He goes, he's been doing it before. I trust him. And, you know, over the 15 years that we've been working together on this, I would say I've become a lot more conservative and he's become a lot less conservative. So we actually see things much closer um, to each other than, than we did at the very beginning. And, uh, but that, that's always a struggle. Then of course you have your, your injuries. Hmm. So like this year, um, the league that we are still alive in the playoffs we had Austin Eckler in the first round. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure, actually, if the injury is what's the was the most disappointing thing about Austin Eckler's season because he hasn't exactly been lighting it up since he's come back. And I remember going over this over and over again in the preseason. I say, you know, I don't know about Eckler because I know he's the last couple of years he was he was having great years. But if you look at it, it was so touchdown. It was touchdown dependent because he scored 
ridiculous and, amounts of touchdowns. And you could and you could depend on him to get those touchdowns. This year, yeah. not not as much. And, it's, and, you know, and this year, he's not getting the targets. So and, and I agree. I understand so much about what you're talking. Our John Terry had a question. He said, uh, "You know, do you play Brevin Jordan? Now, there's a player that I've loved since he came in the league, but can't get a can't get a chance to play. You know, it, it, let me ask you this: Have you ever partnered with anyone else besides uh, your existing partner? Is it like Balky is uh, doing well partnering with uh, Jim Cole in Kentucky, and and uh, I've had the pleasure of uh, playing with uh, Drew Maselli this year and, and uh, uh, Trevor Holt from here. Uh, do you ever?" Partner with other guys, or are you I, guys locked and loaded as your partnership? Oh, we are definitely locked and loaded. This, this, this partnership in fantasy football is ride or die for the two of us. So I, I don't anticipate that ending until one of us doesn't play any longer. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and um, is it I, I have had teams with other people, but this this is a solid partnership that will last until – one of us no longer plays fantasy football. Congratulations. So, so you know, in this partnership that you've had with with Michael Nazarick, obviously ffmastermind.com, and Gil, I know you've contributed to that website, um, if, if for sure in the podcast format too, uh, over there before. Um, I'm kind of curious to, um, you talked a lot about a few of the lows. What are some of the highs? I know you guys, you and uh, uh, Mike have, have won FFPC main events before. You've won other leagues there before. What have been some of the highs, not only of the partnership, but of your career in the FFPC as well? Well, I think you know it, it's been a very it's been a very interesting experience because the first few years we were terrible. We, you know, <laughs> not it, uncommon, it, by the way. There's it, a lot it, of people. Not, you know, not that we, you know, we obviously we know fantasy football, but um, the the way in which the FFPC and other high stakes leagues works is so different. And so you had to get in a rhythm of knowing, you know, when do you take your tight ends? Um, you know, when do you take your quarterbacks? And it, it's just, you know, it took years of understanding the way people draft in the high stakes leagues and also going into the draft with options. So like a lot of times we say, well, we want this guy and we want that guy. And then they're gone. And like, oh, what do we do? You know, but now, you know, we go into every pick, you know, we have a list of, you know, five or six people. And depending on what happened in the round before. So we're pretty much prepared. We very rarely will get caught just like totally without a plan. Mm -hmm. But the best year we had, I think it was 2014. Mm -hmm. And it was it was really interesting because when we came out of the draft, we had the 10th spot and it was a live draft. And which, by the way, I. I have so much more enjoyment drafting at the um, in the live draft than on the online draft. There's just a, there's a magic in the air in the, in those rooms that you just can't duplicate online. But we took with the number ten pick C.J. Anderson after he had had the great second half of the season the year before, and that was when Manning was the quarterback. And he shit the bed. <laughs> no bad fans allowed. He said the bed. Did that cancel out? That's a shame. Um, <laughs> no, you're, no, it, it went through. Oh, no, it went through. Keep yeah. going. Good. It Keep should going. go through. It yeah. should go through. <laughs> These days, I mean, the, you you hear worse language on CNN. Hey, you but, know, Doc. Oh, yeah. Well, you would expect it there, Doc. <laughs> you know, um, CJ autographed a jersey for me once. I'm going to send it to you, Dr. Gill. Just, um, just as a reminder. Okay, good. Well, I was wondering what I was going to do with my fireplace. So there you go. There you <laughs> that'll go. help. But um, Doctor holds a grudge from 2014. Ball. 2014. I was hey, by the way, by the way, seventy. And, and, um, and here's the thing, uh, Farrell. Gil said that was his best year. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's right. It was our best year. We had Dion Lewis that we got in the tenth round, and for like ten weeks. He was putting up RB2 numbers that year until he tore his ACL. Mm. But the key, what made that season work for us, two things. One thing was Devonta Freeman. Mm. He was listed to be the backup to, um, what what is the guy's name? Um, Michael Turner? 
No, no, pre, pre, uh, after Michael Turner. Um, it was the guy who then went to the 49ers and then he went to like 20 different teams. Um, he was, he was drafted as a rookie the year that um, Devonta Freeman was going into his second year. And I, for some reason, I can't remember this guy's name. Mm, yeah. Um, but, um, I'm looking he it was, up. But we're gonna get it. I'll get it. Yeah, I know you will. Um, he was listed to be the starter, and the first week of the season, he was a starter, and he got injured. Yeah. And we had Devonta Freeman, uh, um, which we got in the like the 11th or 12th round, and he, I think he turned out to be the RB one yeah. that season. Well, we got we've got an RB two this year, or maybe three, uh, Raheem Mostert that uh, that that was an 11th round draft pick this year. The more things. Uh, the more the more they change, the more they, the more stay, they stay the same. Exactly. Doc, let's get into your let's get into your ship and, and jump forward to twenty twenty three. And you tell me, generally, how are these other teams doing? You got a lot of teams. You got any other success stories? Okay. Well, right now we have two main event teams. Um, one was drafted like the day before the Thursday night game. And we were feeling so good after that draft. I said, like, you know, we could just go out and spend the money now. But, I, of course, I do say that every year. So um, we were so counting on getting a top five quarterback performance from Trevor Lawrence this year after the way he finished last year. And he just disappointed us all season long until the last couple of weeks when our record just can't, you know, our record and points hole um, just couldn't support it. So we, we got totally destroyed by having him as our number one quarterback. We took him in the, we got him in like the seventh round, I think. Um, and, you know, so we thought we were getting a top 10 quarterback mm-hmm. and he hadn't performed pretty much most of the season like that. So that really killed us and losing Deontay Johnson, who was our number two wide receiver. So that team did not make it to the playoffs. Our live team, the team we were not happy with coming out of the draft is the team that made it in as the three seed in our league. And um, I mean, we had Eckler in the first round and lost him for much of the season, but we were really challenged by wide in the wide receiver department it it was very strange because we were expecting you know after we took eckler in the first round we were expecting that um either olave waddle or calvin ridley were going to fall to us in the second round i guess i'm we should be glad that calvin ridley didn't fall to us Mm -hmm. in the second round because we were going to take him and i remember watching the players going off the board and we we're ready for our pick in the second round and we had three players that we were thinking about and it was Keenan Allen mm. but that was early for him because Keenan Allen was it going in the third round um he should have gone in the second round yep. but he was number going two, uh, wide receiver Fantasy. he was going in the third round mm-hmm. we were thinking Keenan Allen Devonta Smith I didn't want Devonta Smith because I said he's not even the number one receiver on his own team that's right. On him as my number one receiver. And um, the other player who we agreed on to take, I, I was kind of hoping that Mike was going to go with um, Keenan Allen, but we believed that we were going to be able to get him in the third round, which we were not because he went on the turn. So we ended up with Derrick Henry, which wasn't a horrible pick. He's been decent this year, but um, he, he loves playing at home, Derrick. He's a homebody. It's true. He tears it up there. And so when we didn't get Keenan Allen in the third round, we were like, well, there's really no wide receivers that we liked at that point as at a third round pick. So we said, look, let's, we're going to make sure we get a great player. So we took Josh Allen and that certainly helped us quite a bit, but we ended up with Chris Godwin in the fourth round, who's been okay. a big disappointment, and Jahan Dotson, because we were oh, yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. we were concerned about the injury that McLaurin suffered, oh. and, and Dotson that was my uh, this is my fault because Dotson was one of those players you looked at film, he was really good as a rookie last year, he was great in the preseason. There was so much buzz and hype about him, he was moving up the draft boards, and I 
pushed to take him. Big mistake. But we bailed ourselves out because we got Adam Thielen in like the 13th round. Yeah, there you go. That's a good, And that's a good one. And I think we've uncovered something about Doc Falky. He's not going to pay more than it should cost. You know, right, sometimes yeah. you just got to pay more than it should cost. You're sitting there in that third round, and you just got to say, I'm going to pay more than it costs, <laughs> so I got to get a wide receiver. And uh, it, that's not how you roll, and it looks like it's working out. I, but, yeah, and that's the thing, uh, Gil, is I remember talking to you and Mike right before you were heading into that draft on Friday, and you you, you had this plan, and I, I remember at the end of the conversation, I'm like, well, good luck, guys. And I was like, boy, I really don't know if you can map it out as well as these guys have mapped it out. And then sure enough, you sent me a message after didn't turn out anything like what, what we thought it was. Turned Not out even but, close. But, but, but here's the thing is you guys still made the playoffs and you still got a good shot here to, to move on and, and, and win the league and do something. Not after last night. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, it, we'll see. We'll see. It's, 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 it's frustrating. Um, but, but we'll see on, on how that goes. But I think that the thing is, and, and and this speaks to the experience that you and Mike have, you understand that in the FFPC, oftentimes curveballs are thrown your way almost – it's like a steady diet of curveballs in these leagues Absolutely. because of the format, because of the double flex, because of the tight end premium. You never exactly know which way to go, but you guys are smart enough and experienced enough, you know which way to pivot and turned out pretty well for you guys in that league too. It was it was unexpected. I mean, after that draft, we were like, oh, we really screwed this one up. But at least we had the good online draft. And then it turns out that the bad team became the good team and the good team became the bad team. So which happens a lot. Not, it, happens it happens all the lot. time. Yeah. But you never believe it's going to happen until it does. <laughs> That's true. Um, let's talk about uh, I, um, uh, Josh Palmer, which I uh, when I was looking at your team's um, prior to the start of the show tonight, it seems like you have Palmer on a lot of them. I know you got a dynasty team as well. Can you talk a little bit to the FFPC players of why Palmer is a guy that, again, if he's dropped, if you drop him, he's locked for the rest of the year. You won't be able to pick him up. Why is he still a smart stash for the high stakes players that are still playing at this point in the season? Okay. You know, I, I'm very high on Josh Palmer. I think he's very talented. He's a good receiver. It's a throwing offense. I mean, Kellen Moore, you know, he'll, he tries to score 50 points a game. He, um, I have stories about Kellen Moore, but we won't go there. But <laughs> um, I mean, but the, um, the point is that Keenan Allen is a little banged up. Teams are going to try to take Keenan Allen out of the game if at all possible. And Palmer's a very good alternative with a, with a good quarterback throwing the ball. So, and Quentin Johnston just has not clicked at all this year i have him on my dynasty team i also have um paul i also have um palmer on my mm-hmm. dynasty team so one of them is gonna be worthwhile at some point mm-hmm. and Both. Both. I, Both. hopefully hopefully mm-hmm. but um i i think when palmer's healthy i i think he can definitely um give you a floor of like 13 points in a week and a ceiling of in the twenties. And they're a beautiful offense to be involved with because, you know, the charger defense bulky, have they finally tumbled to number 32? I don't think they can go any further. It's close. You know, it's close. So the chargers are always going to be in a chase position when it comes to points and, you know, desperation sometimes leads to mistakes. Perhaps that's why, our beloved Austin Eckler's not having the season. But you're going to start Austin Eckler. And you're going to have to make some other tough decisions. What's what's probably the toughest decision that you're looking at this weekend? Well, we already made one of them improperly because we decided not to start Jake Ferguson. Oh, my God. Who did you start? Did you um, start Irv Smith? Hold on. But, but okay, I'm going to let you talk about Ferguson in a second, Gil. But you guys did start Brandon Cooks this week, yes. too. Yes, but we were looking at um, our second flex and our wide receivers, and we had to decide, do we want to play Godwin or do we want to play Thielen? Because Thielen's been trending down lately, but Godwin hasn't been lighting it up either. We decided that we're going to stick with Thielen because this is a really good matchup for him, but we've had players go off when they had bad matchups and players stink when they had good matchups. So you never know. And um, then we had to decide, do we want to start Ferguson? And he had been having 
a few weeks where he wasn't getting a lot of targets. So, and Cooks has been hot. So we started Cooks, but we also put in Juwan Johnson into our lineup because the Saints have um, um, so many receiver problems. And and I think that was a calculated risk. And I think, well, in retrospect, it's a mistake unless Johnson has a big game because Ferguson was outstanding last night. Well, Johnson has caught 18 balls this year. He's one of... <laughs> He's, well, he's been hurt most of the he's, year. He's one, and he's continued to hurt you, Dr. Gill, and I'm afraid that's what's going to happen this weekend. You know, he they've got they've, they've got uh, Foster Moreau at the tight end. They've also got uh, some guy named Taysom Hill that they can't find a position for. I have determined that the New Orleans Saints are a dysfunctional fantasy experience mm-hmm. for all of us. And, you know, uh, that was not a ghost you saw earlier this season. That Jimmy Graham is actually still on that team at Balkan, all right? So, yep. yeah, I, 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 you know, and the thing about it is you had to watch Ferguson catch that ball early, leap over defender, get up and start giving the other plus Seattle defender uh, positive commentary on his intentions for the rest of the game. So, oh, it was one. Yeah. Well, yeah. as a Cowboy fan, I loved that anyway. So, yes. Oh, you're a cowboy fan. This makes it worse. No, I, I, I can li- I can live with it because yeah, it's my Cowboys enough. one. I've been a Cowboys fan since 1966 or 1967. Mm-hmm. I, I will say this: um, start him or sit him. It doesn't matter, Gil, because you have Jake Ferguson on your roster for the remainder of the season. Jake Ferguson, uh, one of the storied tight ends through the legendary Wisconsin Badgers college football program and the real life grandson of one Barry Alvarez who is on the Mount Rushmore for Wisconsin, the university of Wisconsin. We should have had this damn show on Wednesday. I (laughs) Yes. Tell tell me about it. Like John Terry was hanging out and he posted in here. He was watching on the high stakes fantasy football show last night on BSN. And he's like, I should have listened to Balthy yesterday. He told me to play Ferguson. Now I, I am a little bit biased here. I'm probably yeah, going to lean towards my badges. I'm going to tell you to play them, but but that that's the way it, it, it works out. Uh, Gil, let's let's get to a couple of emails here uh, for we you do. this week from some listeners. First one is from Larry, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Hahira, Georgia, or Hahira, Georgia. I don't know. Somewhere in Georgia. My apologies to the Hahiraites or Hahiraians, whatever you call them in Georgia. He says, hey, Doc, is T. Higgins? Worth waiting around for on Monday Night Football. That is Larry in this place in Georgia. Um, T. Higgins, I saw Gil uh, full practice today, but he does not play until Monday night. And, oh, by the way, some guy named Jake Browning is the guy throwing to him. I personally um, am not feeling very bullish on T. Higgins this week. If uh, And the fact that we won't know if he's active or not ninety minutes uh, until 90 minutes before game time on Monday makes it even worse. Can you make a case for waiting on T. Higgins this weekend? Well, I mean, the obvious um, the obvious question that one needs to ask is what what are this guy's options? Because and does he need? Is this a game that he feels that he should be winning, or is this a game where he really needs to go for upside? And um, so it's very hard to just answer that question in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing that he's been doing well enough that he's still alive at this point and he's been doing it without T Higgins most of the time. So I'm guessing he does have some good options that he could put in place of T Higgins. Cause he's been, he must have been doing it for the past few weeks. And, and if, and if that's the case, and as Dizzle is pointing out right now, T Higgins not listed on the Bengals injury report. So you'll know right now, but at the same time, it is Jake Browning, and it is the Jaguars' defense. So, um, and I think that's that's the best way we can answer this, Larry. If, if you got some good options that have gotten you thus far, or this far, it probably is, behooves you to not play Higgins this week. Um, but uh, you know your team and your league and your matchup better than we do. So go with God on that one, or go with yourself, whatever you want to do. I don't know. Uh, Chuck in Sacramento, Gil. Uh, oh, this is a good one. This gets back to Jake Ferguson. Do you have any concerns with Jake Ferguson being a must-start regardless of matchup after the Seahawks game for the remainder of the season? Thank you so much. That is Chuck in Sacramento. So this is sort of like a let's answer it like it is a vacuum here, Doc. Let's let's take a look at Jake Ferguson. Is this a guy that's going to put up top 12 numbers the remainder of the season? You know the Cowboy, the rest of the Cowboys schedule better than anybody, and you've seen Ferguson 
um, you know, play throughout this season. What are your thoughts on this guy going forward for the remainder of 2023? I think Jake Ferguson is a a very big talent at tight end. I'm so glad that the Cowboys did not sign Dalton Schultz to another contract and made Jake Ferguson the guy, even though they did take a second round pick and took Schoonmaker when they were probably other needs that they could have better filled in the draft in round two this past year. But Jake Ferguson does have games where he doesn't show up, not because he doesn't show up, but because the game plan just um, – guides um Dak into a different direction so we're gonna think, see we're gonna see fewer of those um, so I think he's pretty much a must start I think we will be starting him next week if we survive this week but um I I think you know if you're going against teams that really do well against the tight end you have to at least consider not playing him I don't remember how Ferguson did during the first Philadelphia game this year so you know, because I know next week Dallas plays Philly, and I don't remember what the stats were for Ferguson. I'll certainly be looking at that. You know, and if he had like a one for seven game, I'd be less inclined to start him next week. But if he had like a four for sixty and a score, I would, I would probably think about starting him. Mean, he's a great red zone target for Dak, and it just seems like the Cowboys' offense is clicking at the right time. So, I, I probably would lean towards starting Ferguson almost any chance I had at this point. Week nine at Philadelphia in a 28 to 23 loss, Jake Ferguson saw 10 targets. He caught seven of them for 91 yards and a touchdown. And Pretty we good. did, and we did start him that week. There you go. There you so, go. So um, yes, I, my guess is that we'll be starting Jake Ferguson next week. I think so. <laughs> Farrell, why don't you fire away with our final question for Doc? All right. Um, You've got a good you've got a good um, line on some of these players. Uh, some we all question ourselves. Some of these great players who play in the league with these questions, they just they know the answer is we talk about John Terry, but he just wants to make sure. And he points out that this week thirteen bye weeks are brutal. Mm-hmm. So, who is the guy? We 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 mentioned Dorch as a player from James Hicks, who said, you know, but but who is a guy that you feel that ordinarily you haven't used him, but you might use him in this very important week. And who's a guy that you'll just stay completely away from? Okay, great questions. Um, I think that this could be a week that somebody like Devontae Parker does well. Mm. Um, Douglas isn't playing. Um and I think this might be Devontae Parker's opportunity to have a big game and possibly score. Yes, sir. So he I would agree. be somebody that's a little under the radar that I would um, would consider starting. As far as staying away from, um, I haven't given this one too much thought, but I'm going to go off the cuff right now. Um we are benching Chris Godwin this week. Mm. Um, and we've started him. We've started him every week this season, except for the one week that he um, had, that he had like eight for one Oh eight. <laughs> and that was the one week we benched him. We said, we've had enough of these 11, 12 point games. We're benching him. And then of course that's the game he goes off, but um, we're benching him this week. Over. And who are you putting in? Um, we put well. Unfortunately, I think we had to pick one out of three to fill the spot. It was either going to be Ferguson, Jawan Johnson, or Chris Godwin, and we decided to go with Jawan Johnson. <laughs> so now I'm not sure if we're going to um, possibly um, change that and go with um, if, if we want to consider maybe going with Godwin because we need the possibility of a big game. I don't know, but he's somebody that I, I'm really soured on. It just looks like all the big looks are going to Mike Evans. Yes. And it was so interesting because in the preseason, this is where this preseason stuff really gets you. They would say, well, Mike Evans is hurt. He wants to be traded. No. Um, Mayfield and Godwin are looking really good in camp really? together. And and Godwin's been a good receiver for several years. So it's not like, you know, this was just like a name 
taken out of a hat. And professional we, football players running around in shorts always look good in preseason. <laughs> it's is is fantastic. Balky, what's the Baker Mayfield injury situation? Well, I'll I'll get, I'll get to Mayfield in a second, but I just want to remind everybody regarding Godwin what uh, what uh, Gil was just talking about. Practice fine on Wednesday. He was added to yesterday's injury yes. report with a neck injury. So you always want to be wary of these midweek yeah, downgrades. That's obviously. probably why we're going to end up not starting. And, and and bear this in mind too. Let, let's take the neck injury out of it for, for a second. This is a player that has not hit 60 receiving yards in any of his last five games. Like, like uh, Doc, you said, a lot of the stuff is going to Mike Evans right now. So I think that that's another reason that you may need. And I'm not saying like, look, we got six teams on by this week. So beggars can't be choosers. You might have to play. Yeah, we're losing Josh Allen this week. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, I mean, there, there's 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 a lot of nuance to uh, setting your lineups this week, and I think Godwin goes into it. Farrell, to your point, Greg Allman, or, uh, Greg Allman uh, from Peter Report reporting that uh, Baker Mayfield is going to be a quote full go against the Carolina Panthers this week. He um, practiced Wednesday, I believe he practiced yesterday and today as well. So it sounds like he's going to be out there. Um, definitely a better shot of being out there rather than Chris Godwin, who is going to be a game time decision. So I think. And, and, and Permar would like to come in, Doc, and take an audit of your roster. Uh, he, he, he is, uh, he's one, and it's just a rough th- week 13. And Permar also solved our mystery. It was Tevin Coleman. Tevin yes, Coleman. That's yeah. Yes. And, that's and, the name. Permar is on it tonight. <laughs> Tevin Coleman. Per usual. Yes. Yeah. Permar is is per usual on point. Um, Gil, this has been fun. Um, I, I feel like uh, the only time I get to talk to you is is out in Las Vegas, whether it's the 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 viewing party or whether you know you're heading in or out from a from a draft. Uh, so much fun catching up with you tonight. Thank you so much for for kind of uh, taking us um, in a in a full season recap on something that you know hundreds, maybe thousands of players are are playing over in their minds right now. Whether they didn't make the playoffs, whether they made the playoffs, but it's not looking good for them to advance. I, I think this was a fun little conversation to do here on the first day of December, twenty twenty three. Good luck the rest of the way. Good luck Thank this you. week. Um, and keep up all the great work with uh, with everything you're doing over at FF Mastermind uh, as well as, as you know you and Mike Nazarick there. I know Mike's sort of the CEO there, but so he, I know you're he's the whole thing. I, I'm the just, I just write a few little things. <laughs> right. I mean, he, he's he runs the show. He runs the show, and we will continue watching it. Uh, we will also watch that show with uh, supporting actor Dr. Gilbert Brevar every so often as well. Thank, thank you so you. much for thank for, you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much pleasure. for for uh, hanging out. Good luck this weekend. Good luck the rest of the way, Doc. Thank you. You Thank you. Thank you, Doc. Dr. Gilbert Brovar, ladies and gentlemen, hanging out with us tonight, a guy who has won uh, fantasy football championships in the FFPC at nearly every single level. He's going for the million-dollar grand prize. This year with FF Mastermind and his co-manager, Michael Nazarick, the CEO of FFMastermind.com. Free plug for Michael Nazarick tonight. Uh, what an interview there. Uh, good good to catch up with Gil. Uh, the emails I have tonight, Farrell, some of these we've already talked about the players, okay. but I think they're still interesting. Um, Ray and Ida, Michigan. Let's get to his first. We talked a little bit about Jawan Johnson earlier. This is an interesting FFPC one. Should I roll with Jawan Johnson or Drake London this weekend? So obviously um, we're going to assume tight end premium here. If it wasn't tight end premium, we wouldn't be considering um, Juwan Johnson yeah. over Drake London. But when you look at um, the, the situation here, you have Juwan Johnson is taking on the Detroit Lions at home. That game is in the Big Easy. And then you have Drake London this week who is taking on the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium on the road. Would you be playing Johnson over Drake London this week? We gave advice on Drake London last week to play him. We're going to give the same advice again. It's a 45-catch player that they must depend on. Now, everyone's going to talk about the Jets' skill set at the corner position in denying the receivers the ball. But Drake London is big and physical. He can push the sauce in any of the other uh, of the other players around. And, you know, uh, the, the, the Falcon quarterbacks aren't accurate enough to – throw to their receivers or to throw the defenders. They won't be a lot of interceptions. You know, if, if they don't, it, it, there's, there's a possibility in that, that game um, for London to, to have uh, scores and to have enough catches to be uh, realized the, the number one receiver that he's supposed to be this Johnson 
affliction uh, that everyone has is is a pure fugazi. Uh, and though I'm on a on a on a uh, winning streak, a terrible winning streak of of, of of disaster with advising tight end play, I still can't in my heart of hearts uh, figure out a way to advise Johnson. Um, to that end, let let's talk about Drake London versus uh, another tight end right now. Joe King wants to know Drake London versus Logan Thomas as an FFPC flex this week. I really like Logan Thomas last week. He was coming off a couple of really, really solid weeks um, as far as uh, fantasy output goes in the FFPC. Kind of had a, laid an egg this past uh, this past week. He gets the Miami Dolphins at home this week. He should be passing a lot here. I know you can't recommend Juwan Johnson over Drake London. Can you recommend Logan Thomas over Drake London this week? Here I might because his short passing game in the middle – and, and based on the way the Dolphins play the, the two high safeties on occasion, um, this would make sense in a controlled offense. And, and didn't we see one game um, where Washington threw the ball uh, 50-ish times uh, and mm-hmm. barely ran it at all? And that, that situation could happen here. So, um, yeah, let, let's go ahead and try uh, Logan Thomas. I said last night to uh, Zach Kruger from Roto World when I was doing the show with him, I, I said, I don't know how Sam Howell does not have a an endorsement contract with Icy Hot yet because this dude seemingly is throwing the ball 40, 45, 50 times a game, and obviously Logan Thomas could be the beneficiary of that. Unbelievable that Sam Howell, and I'm not making this up. This is not a, this is not a work. This is not a joke. Sam Howell is the leading passer in the NFL right now as far as passing yards go. Blew my mind when I heard it. I had to look it up twice to prove it, but it is accurate. Check out um, those statisticals, Balky. Yes, exactly. You have to check out the statisticals. John Terry, uh, speaking of statisticals, wants to know what he should do at quarterback this week. I'm assuming he has a Lamar Jackson problem uh, with him on by. Uh, playoff game for him. He's got to think about Desmond Ritter, Will Levis, or Jake Browning. Uh, Ritter is at the Jets. I- I'm going to eliminate him right away. I can't, I can't in good conscience recommend him. Let's narrow it down here to Will Levis, who is at home against the Colts. Jake Browning at Jacksonville. I lean towards Levis here, Farrell. I'm leaning completely with you, Balky, and I'm pushing you over. I'm leaning <laughs> so hard. Uh, Tennessee at home is a different team, and they've always pushed the Colts around. They just they just have a way to compete against that team. Um, Levis has great talent, uh, receiver talent, both uh, young and old on that team. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to go with Levis in this game. The Dizzle chiming in with one in the YouTube chat right now. He's got to decide between Devon Achan, who Mike McDaniel said is playing this weekend at Washington, and then uh, Jalen Warren is his other uh, choice here, who is at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Certainly the matchup, I think, would would dictate that you probably want to go with uh, with Jalen Warren, but I don't think Achan has that bad of a matchup. The problem with him is you, know, you have Jeff Wilson, you have Raheem Mostert, and obviously some playmakers on the perimeter there that should be able to expose the commanders here. Farrell, I, I said A-Chan. Would you start A-Chan over Warren, or would you roll with Warren? The Dizzle does have a significant problem here because these are two players that he has loved and has been stalwart in support of since the start of the season. It would depend on what I need. Uh, Warren is the dependable play. He is the safe play. If I'm going up against it, if I'm playing a team that was full of uh, – uh, Dallas Cowboys from the other night, the stack to Cowboys, and I need some big, big plays. Uh, HN is what I'm what I'm going to do here. And and uh, based on uh, one one of the commentaries was that the Dolphins could go nuclear, and nuclear could mean that um, one running back hits the pines while the other one is brought forward. And you, you know, you take you take a guy like uh, this rookie running back. They need to get him ready for the playoff run. So, you know, it, it could be it could be 15 carries for most or 12 for HA. And he can do a lot more with 12 carries than most backs can in the league. The, um, we don't often get to defense questions, but let's do one for John Terry the defense here. Questions. Um, do you guys have thoughts on lower-end defenses like Atlanta or the Rams versus bad quarter B, uh, QBs versus options like San Francisco? So um, San Francisco, I think, is okay this week. It's It's difficult for me to say – Hey, I love the Niners against the Eagles. And that's not really the way I roll. Um, I I picked up the Falcons defense in a couple of Kentucky leagues this week. I do like them at the Jets uh, this week. You know, Tim Boyle 
turns the ball over like a bodily function. So I, I, I like the Falcons <laughs> there. Um, you could make the case that that the Rams are are um, are, are okay as well uh, against the Cleveland Browns this week. The problem is I, I don't. Here, here's the thing. I don't think the Rams necessarily give up a lot of points, but I don't know how often Joe Flacco is going to put the ball in harm's way where the Rams can get a turnover and maybe make a big play off that. So, yeah, I mean, there's certainly there, there's there's something there at Los Angeles. I think I see more upside with Atlanta. For what it's worth, I would play both those defenses over the Niners against the Eagles this week, Farrell. Easy. Uh, and, and, yes, NFFPC definitely in Kentucky. You know, I'll, I'm not sure what the FFPC scoring was for – the Dallas defense against Seattle, but the way we scored here in Kentucky, uh, it, it, Dallas was a high-flying contributor to teams at the top of the leaderboard. They checked in with a minus four after they gave up the points this week. But you still want playmaking defenses, and you can see Cleveland with the quarterback like Flacco making mistakes. And you could also see sacks because if if you get if if you get a pass rush. Flacco's not going to be able to avoid it. And I don't see him getting rid of the ball quickly. And it could become a bit of a disaster. Yeah. What What if it were, as, as Permar uh, is facing this decision, Permar 99, the Cleveland defense or the Rams defense, they're playing each other this week. The uh, Rams are at home. I, I still uh, – Easy. I, I, yeah. I, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. You, it's easy. Yeah, you, the Rams. I mean, the Rams have the running game. If they get ahead in this game, they, they get uh, – they get field position based on uh, turnovers and and uh, three and outs. Uh, it's it's going to be wonderful. I I just I, I don't really understand how this is happening in Cleveland with this quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't. And uh, but it, it just goes to show you when when I suppose when teams have history with a player, uh, still waters run deep, brother. Kern Reeve, not only our resident Ivy League professor, he is our resident Dallas Cowboys fan, pointing out to us that the Dallas defense in the FFPC scoring did indeed get three points there mm-hmm. as well. Um, another reason you might want to start the Rams defense, the Dizzle points out, and we'll leave it on this note, a holiday note. Joe Flacco was folding laundry and putting the angel on the family Christmas tree last week, and it was tall, which is why they needed him. So there's that too, if you want to play the Rams defense this week against uh, Joe, the, the fighting Joe Flacco's out of Cleveland. Um, I, we've talked way too much about defenses tonight. I think this is a good place to stop and, uh, and say our, our episode tonight is complete. Farrell, we will continue to follow you on the extra scene at J. Farrell Elliott. We'll check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. That is KFFSC.com. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I hope the ball bounces your way this weekend, man. Thank you, Buck. You too. Thank you so much. That is Farrell Elliott, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. I want to thank Farrell Elliott, Dr. Gilbert Brovar, this week's guest, the FFPC, Rob Bryson, of course, each and every one of you for hanging out and watching or streaming, downloading, whatever you're doing later on. Uh, the HSFFR returns next Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern time with Eric Wright, who is, I believe, uh, I'll t- I'm just going to say top five. I know he's in the top five of the Fantasy Pros Championship. I don't know exactly where he's at right now, but he's going to be our guest next week at 10 o'clock Eastern time. In case you missed it, we have the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown on Tuesday uh, evening with 22-time FFPC champion Dave Strand. He helped you get set for lineups and for your fab this week. And then we'll be, we will be back this coming Tuesday at 10 o'clock Eastern with $100,000-plus winner uh, in his FFPC and high-stakes career. Michael Cobb will make his return to the road of his high-stakes lowdown. You can watch last night's high-stakes fantasy football show on the Better Sports Network on any of the FFPC social media channels, uh, as well as uh, the BSN uh, social media channels. Zach Kruger from Roto World uh, co-hosted with me for two hours this coming Thursday at 7 p.m. Uh, Dave Kluge from Football Guys will rejoin me, and we will chop it up, getting you set for week 14 next week as well. Go to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com to play in the FFPC Weekly Challenge right now. No draft, no salary cap. Just choose 10 or 12 players, depending upon if you want to play with kickers and defenses or not, and watch them ride throughout the weekend's games. Remember, only one player per NFL team. No stacking. Uh, $35 to enter or $200, depending upon what price point you want to play at, and you can win up to $2,500. As a reminder, if you continue to drop players, quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, tight ends, in all FFPC leagues except for Dynasty leagues, those players will be locked for the remainder of the season. Kickers and defenses 
dropped who are dropped will still be available and regular season prizes will be awarded in your player accounts after the completion and finalization of stats after week 14's games. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, share it with your friends and enemies and get notified every time we go live, which will be next Tuesday or this coming Tuesday, I should say at 10 p.m. Eastern with Michael Cobb. Thank you so much for watching everybody. Good luck in your FFPC main event and fantasy pros playoffs and in all your FFPC leagues. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Exciting time to be playing in the FFPC main event or the Fantasy Pros Championship with uh, the playoffs online. Reminder that, uh, you know, to, to, to keep trying your best, keep doing everything you can. I know as, as Doc uh, Gil Brevar would say, like Thursday didn't go so great for him, but it doesn't mean you, you need to just be giving up on the week. Uh, make sure you're going hard this week. You never know um, the story that you can tell of how you won the million dollars in either the FFPC main event or the Fantasy Pros Championship, and it continues this weekend. Good luck in week 13, everybody. Uh, the Dizzle and I will say hi to Taylor Swift for you when we're hanging out at Lambeau Field with her on Sunday night. Probably won't see her, but we'll be in the same spot, sort of. It's going to be fun. We'll talk to you again next Friday. Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, next show that goes live on the FFPC social channels. That's Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. We will talk with you then.